I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. And welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. I'm super excited to talk about some of these awesome projects that you have going on in the mountains um, of Northwest Montana. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and, and how you got into this incredible spiritual journey? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to chat with you. And, uh, you know, my journey has been unfolding over uh, many years <laughs> at this point. Um, but it, you know, kind of started uh, back in 2008 when I started having a series of unusual interactions with hawks, the birds. Um, they just kept coming very close to me. I was always alone when it happened. <laughs> so uh, I kept telling people what was happening and they were you know, not sure that I was um, really having these experiences, but um, they just kept coming close to me over and over again. And so I started kind of just asking questions like, you know, is this a message? Is there somebody trying to communicate with me? Why would this suddenly be happening? And um, it really just kind of was an early step on my spiritual journey of just asking those questions and and questioning those things. And so, uh, you know, over a number of more years, I learned how to meditate and learn more about working with my intuition and things like that. And um, a few years later, I had a very clear message to move to where there was pine trees and water. And Strangely enough, in a matter of only a couple of months, uh, a whole bunch of details fell together for my husband and I to um, move here to northwest Montana, where there are lots of pine trees and water. And it was shortly after that that while I would just be out on um, walks in my neighborhood, I started receiving messages that I wasn't quite sure where they were coming from at first and ultimately put together that it was the trees that were talking to me and, and giving me messages. And um, that really made me ask more questions, you know, and if the trees can communicate with me, is it possible for me to communicate with the trees? And so that really took me a lot deeper um, into this journey and uh, learning more about communicating with nature and um, that absolutely, yes, we can communicate with um, all kinds of nature and they would love to communicate with us as well. Um, so I'm, I'm big, people have heard me talk about this on this podcast. I'm a real big believer in spirit guides and signs. Um, I often have, you know, birds of various kinds. Um, the other day I had a dragonfly follow me, uh, for an incredible amount of time. I cannot believe it. Um, right. So I pick up on this stuff and kind of look for the messages I've had. Uh, definitely had hawk experiences. I've definitely had uh, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, crow, uh, raven, 
hummingbirds. So, so truly concur. Um, but tell me how they communicate with you. I mean, for me, it's more like I feel like there's a message and then I kind of research the spirit side of it. But for you, it sounds like there's an actual communication happening. Yeah, it really is. And, and that was part of kind of what I had to learn and figure out as well is that, uh, you know, the spirits of nature are communicating telepathically, which we're just not taught to do <laughs> as uh, as children or as adults kind of um, in our culture. And so, you know, everything around us is is communicating this way already. We're the ones who use language um, to communicate. And so once you kind of understand that it's um, it's a frequency exchange and every um, animal or plant or tree or crystal um, communicates differently, just like every human would communicate differently. And so it's kind of a matter of shifting your energy um, on the same uh, energetic channel, the same frequency as they're on, and then um, starting to interpret the messages because they might come as words, you know, if you're somebody that um, is very clear audient and hears things very um, easily, you might hear it as words, but it might also be pictures or feelings or um, all kinds of different ways that our body reads and interprets uh, intuitive information. And then it's up to us to kind of interpret that and turn it into language and turn it into words. Uh, and how do you do that? Well, it just kind of depends, again, on, uh, you know, what the message is or what's coming in. But sometimes, you know, and what I find is that people are much more um, tend to be feelers than anything else. Right. That we're very um, especially if you're kind of doing this work already, you're probably highly empathic where you can pick up the energy and the feeling of people around you. And nature is no different. And so it's likely you're going to. Um, you know, feel an emotion or feel, you know, a heightened energy. And so some of that is a matter of practice and getting used to like, oh, when I feel this specific feeling in my stomach or in my chest or in my head, it usually means this, you know, and kind of um, starting to uh, understand that. But also when you're when you're first starting and you're first learning, you know, it's um, you can ask for more clarification. <laughs> you can kind of say, okay, well, I'm getting an image of, you know, a flower, but I don't know what that means. Can you show it to me in a different way? Um, and so, again, these spirits of nature aren't necessarily uh, accustomed to speaking to humans either. And so they're also learning how to communicate with us. And so um, it's an experiment on both Side. So if you can kind of be patient with yourself and be patient with uh, the being that you're communicating with, you can kind of start getting a feel of of what's coming through. Um, I like um, writing, um, you know, kind of automatic writing. So I usually when I go outside and I want to communicate, I'll take a notebook and a pen with me and just kind of freeform write like what's popping into my head or what do I what do I think is coming through? Because Sometimes I think we feel like it, that's too easy or that's just me making this up. I'm just writing this, but uh, but it's not. It really is subtle and um, can come through in all kinds of different ways. Um, I I concur and I agree. And I'm you know, one of the things that I'm curious about is that I read 
that, um, you know, dogs have this ridiculous amount of receptors as far as sense goes. Um, oh, yeah. Some of which we haven't even identify all, you know, together. Um, but obviously the primary being their nose and that they can literally detect millions of scents and mm-hmm. that our bodies have these very minor shifts in, um, in sense with emotions and that the dog can pick up on that. And I wonder if there isn't something more profound happening there with uh, the vibration of our bodies and animals you know, being more in tune, like birds and stuff, especially to vibratory senses. You know what I mean? Like little shit. And I'm reading this book right now called um, The Stalking of the Wild Pendulum. Okay. I haven't. I haven't. Profound. Oh, my gosh. It is everything. It is. So it's how, you know, everything's absolute. Um, everything has a vibration, the waves of the ocean, and um, how we are the same. We are in flow, exactly like that. Um, and the different, the different levels of vibrations kind of as a wave. And I wonder if that's not some of how animals can communicate with us. Like if they're not uh, picking up on our vibration. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, they're able to sense. I mean, I think we've all had an experience where, you know, you're crying or you've had a bad day and your dog or your cat, you know, comes to cuddle you and snuggle you and, and knows and can feel, you know, that your energy has shifted and your vibration has shifted. And, you know, absolutely, we're all made up of energy. And so um, the more we're able to tune into that and realize kind of how how flexible we are and how flexible everything else around us is, um, the easier it is to kind of feel into those frequencies and feel into um, the vibrations of others in our environment. Talk to me about the portals on the land where you live. What, what is that all about? What are those? Yeah. So um, energetic portals are um, in some ways, probably, you know, what you're, what you thinking they are or what you're familiar with um, in that, you know, they're a, uh, Places where the energy is heightened, um, oftentimes they're in uh, locations where uh, energetic lines, ley lines is probably the, the, the term people are most familiar with, um, that are in the earth kind of cross over and then you have a, a heightened um, sense of energy. But um, they are certainly where energy is moving through and uh, other beings outside of just ourselves can use these energetic portals to um, travel and shift and move to other locations, other times, other dimensions. And, you know, what I've really come to learn and and the piece I think that kind of um, has messed us up (laughs) in understanding this is, you know, how TV and movies really um, presented as that, you know, our physical body is going to travel to another another time or another place. And really, it's our consciousness. So, you know, you just uh, are using your consciousness. And that's what other um, energies and beings are doing as well um, to shift into another, um, another space and another place. And so um, that's what's happening. There are many portals here on the land where I live and that uh, they opened or, um, you know, I, I worked with them to be opened. 
partially because of all the work that I had done with the land here and making this a um, a safe place <laughs> to have this energy um, and to allow uh, the energy to flow in and out of here. But portals are also I feel, um, aligned with frequencies. Go ahead. I, I I feel like I've really done that in my space. I have an incredible outdoor space. I, I, there's not a rock in this yard that I haven't touched, moved, um, and somehow, you know, had an experience with over 12 years. And, um, you know, come to the house and they say, it's so serene. Mm-hmm. It feels like an oasis. Um, some people will say it's like a park. And it it, it really, it, you know, I've created um, so much in the way of um, inviting uh, ecosystems, inviting energy, inviting creatures to habitate. And um, also peaceful places like outdoor rooms where you can just, sit and be and witness and mm-hmm. kind of meld into what's around you. But I live in the, uh, I live on the border of desolation wilderness near in the Sierra oh, Nevada. Yeah. So yeah, I'm up in the, in the pines, um, not unlike where you are just yeah. slightly different ones. Um, but I spend a lot of time giving to my yard as well. Like, you know, like I spend a lot of time giving to my space Um in order to receive. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the spirits of the land, you know, see and recognize that and understand, you know, when we are um, working together and in partnership with them instead of, you know, exerting our will on the land. Right, right. And I have definitely tried that in the past, and that was big flop. Yeah, <laughs> very much. There's only so much you can do by yourself. Really <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work out too good. Um, so, so talk to me about the healing work that you do in relation to this. Yeah, well, you know, the land itself very much holds the energy of what's happened in a given place. And so, you know, if you just think about all all of the places all over the world where um, trauma and pain and, you know, um, very, you know, wars have been fought, all, all kinds of things. But, you know, in some ways it's also, um, you know, much more uh, less dramatic things like people just imposing their will on the land without uh, any concern for the spirits that are there. And so, you know, that all of that energy gets held in the land and and stays there until um, we're willing to work together to shift that energy. And so uh, what I do when I do readings or work with the land is really tune into the energies there, connect with the spirits that are present and ask them, you know, what what's going on here? What um, what has happened? How how would you like me to assist? Because, you know, while there is a lot that they can do energetically, it really takes um, a human, somebody who's physically embodied on the earth in this plane to help bring that energy onto this level and into this uh, current reality. And so when we're willing to work together in that way, that's when we, you know, actually see some of these changes um, take place in, in a location. So, um, it, it can be all kinds of things, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, um, 
you know, wayward ghosts in a house that need some help <laughs> transitioning. Uh, sometimes it's uh, residual energy in the ground. Sometimes it's it's a low vibrational portal that needs uh, some work. You know, there's uh, there's all kinds of different things. And I always say it's like I go in and kind of peel back the layers of um, what has happened in this place over long periods of time and, and how can it be uh, helped and um, improved. I um I actually have a uh I actually have had when we first came to this land tons of water problems mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of stuff there um to move energy through um tapping noises when there's no birds on the roof you know stuff like that mm-hmm. um but we, we I've even had the neighbors that live, they, they have the back 20 acres kind of behind me. They've talked about, um, a little girl that they've often seen, um, like his wife would be coming down the stairs and she'd be at the bottom of the stairs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. my son was really young, he talked about, he talked about the little girl, um, when he was very young, when he was like three or four, Mm-hmm. Um, and at first I was like, what is he talking? What is he talking about? You know, like, is somebody coming over to the property or something? You know, like that. Right, I, right. Oh, no, 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 no. This energy that he can see. And it's probably got to do with some of what I'm experiencing in the house. But, um, you know, I haven't felt that energy in a long time, like probably a good two years. Yeah. So I think that. I think that it's moved forward. Um, but where I used to have an office um, in downtown Hangtown next to the hangman's tree where they used to do the public hangings. Oh, um, yes. This is gold country. So, yeah. um, and I had numerous experiences in my office where I swore a client was coming up the stairs so much, in fact, that I commented, um, you know, good afternoon or hi there. And there was nobody. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) it's interesting how space can definitely influence that and I have no doubt that those were some leftover untransitioned souls yeah yeah absolutely um and I've actually uh worked on a piece of property in I'm trying to remember if it was Nevada City or I don't think it was Placerville but it wasn't wasn't too far away and um in that area and there was a a lot of residual energy kind of in the mining tunnels underground um, that really kind of became an, an opportunity for other energies to kind of move in and hang out there. And it was really affecting a very large area um, of, a, of a community, which is really kind of interesting. Sometimes, you know, you think about things being very localized um, or like just my house, you know, or just my office. But um but oftentimes things are really spread out over much larger areas. And certainly when you have, you know, something like that, um, the energy of, um, you know, not only the, the hanging tree itself, but all the energy of all of the people that would have gathered there, that would have lived there. I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot <laughs> probably of unresolved trauma yep. um, right in a very concentrated area. Yes. Yep. I think so. Um, it, it, this is just very interesting. You know what I mean? Um, I like that you're doing. I really do. I, um, I've been tossing around some ideas of, um, 
you know, retreat type center where I am. And um, I think that that I, I, I like what you're doing. Do people come stay on your property? Do they do that? Yeah, we actually have uh, two Airbnbs here. And so uh, we do have people that that come come and stay, I think, some specifically <laughs> to experience the energy. And I, I think, you know, probably some uh, very unaware, but I um, I can always tell when there's uh, uh, the the spirits will actually tamper with the, um, the smoke alarm. <laughs> in one of the, it's a little vintage trailer. Uh, any any time they're trying to get somebody's attention because it doesn't happen all the time, but it's very specific when it does. Wow. <laughs> Do you think sometimes they just don't care for the person that's there? They're like, well, yeah, the person isn't really. <laughs> Could be. Um, I I have done a lot of energy work here on the land that really kind of. Um, precludes people who don't resonate with the energy from being able to stay here. And so uh, for the most part, if they've, if they've been able to book the, <laughs> book the trailer and stay here, uh, then probably they're, they're good. But um, oftentimes I think, you know, the spirits are very aware of like, Oh, this is somebody that, you know, we want to work with or we want to talk to or we want to communicate with, but um, but they aren't, you know, completely conscious of that fact. Oh, how interesting. That's incredibly interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, thinking about this, staying on the party or clearing their space do they have to have a lot of land to clear their space i mean do you clear people that are living in apartments yeah absolutely and um you know ev everywhere we live there's land beneath us somewhere <laughs> and so um you know things can be um you know it can be a different type of environment when you're in an apartment and you're kind of dealing with the um you know ener energy other people's energy uh that's much closer to you than if you live somewhere where you have a little bit of property but um but yeah absolutely everywhere um there are spirits of the land that are ready willing and able to um to work with us and my uh my website is following hawks like the bird.com and you can find uh, all of these things. I um, have a, a podcast called The Earth Keepers, and uh, you can book the um, the Airbnbs here. And uh, I do property readings. I'm taking the summer off at the moment, uh, but uh, those are on my website as well. Fantastic. And as always, we put this in the show notes as well. One last question. So if people are having, you know, what they consider to be uh, anomalies or, you know, just they're, they're starting to maybe come into awareness. They're like, hey, there's a certain bird that's always sitting on this certain table when I'm thinking my lunch break or whatever. How do you encourage people to tap into that a little bit more and um, maybe connect with these spirit animals a little bit? Yeah, um, absolutely. There's uh, I usually just say to start with just, you know, going outside by yourself uh, so you're not tempted to, you know, carry on conversation or, um, you know, engage with other people. Leave your phone behind if you can, because um, that's a much kind of harsher frequency um, than the, the frequency of nature. So it's easier to kind of feel what's uh, going what on in your environment. I'm sorry. Your phone. 
Oh, uh, did you lose me? Yeah, you cut. And we lost. We lost that whole thing. Maybe you could say that again. So, how can people connect <laughs> with the spirits? Yeah, I suggest people go outside and uh, take a notebook and a pen. Leave your phone in the house if you can, because uh, you know our, our phones are much um, frequency than the frequencies of nature. And so, to really kind of feel into those subtle energies, it's easier if you don't have your phone with you. And then, you know, sit and just ask a question or um, set your intention that you'd like to tune in. You'd like to know if there's any energies, um, nature spirits, anybody that would like to communicate with you and be patient. Um, give it, you know, we're so used to instant gratification, right? And instant responses that it might take a minute or two before you see a picture or get a feeling or, or do something. And, and when you're just sitting quietly you know two minutes can feel like a really long time sometimes so just be patient and then you know write in your journal anything that um that even just pops into your head or any feelings that you have draw any pictures um and really just start doing that and then you know find a time if you can just do that once a week um i always say you know these spirits don't even see humans that often usually, you know, in wanting to communicate with them in that way or wanting um, to deliberately do that. So sometimes I think we think, oh, I have to dedicate all of this time. If you can just spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes once a week um, sitting with a tree, you'll be amazed <laughs> at how much communication starts coming through. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you providing this insight to the listeners, and I hope that you all go about your day today and look for the lovely spirit insights from nature. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.